share truth apply scripture i'm jordan shambly joined by cedra sarton and today we have a very very special guest in studio with us it's teddy james yeah taking it way back (laughs) taking it way back he's back for those who don't if you just started listening to us recently you've probably used to me jordan and wesley Mm -hmm. well before that long long ago Long ago. Long ago. I was I was usually in the background. <laughs> I wasn't on the radio most of the time mm-hmm. and it was Jordan Wesley and T J. Right. T J leaned them off. You did you miss doing the intro? Did you like feel the urge to do the no, intro? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I would have let you so, if you had, so And you can go to engagemagazine.net, mm-hmm. click radio. Go on back to some of the old episodes if you want to hear. Man, if that, you want to hear TJ, that was definitely TJ. some old school. We were figuring out who we were and yeah. uh, who we wanted to be. <laughs> Man, and, you know, before we uh, even get further into the episode, Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, if I could take over for just a second, Absolutely. I do want to say, man, I am so happy and so pleased with the direction and uh, and and with <laughs> the the place that you and, and Wesley have engaged. Um, mm. Man, it's it is. Really, still a blessing to me uh, to look at that and to think, you know, I played a small part in that, but mm. you guys have taken it, you've run with it, made it your own, and it is absolutely fantastic. Well, I think you yeah. played more in a small part. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this part, what was it like? Your idea? This, is, like? this whole theme is TJ's idea. So, I mean, we're 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 grateful. Look, it to was be able a lot of ideas. Forward, it was yeah. a lot yeah. of people. A lot of people. Right. I'm not that smart. So I can promise you that. It started long ago with an idea, TJ, mm-hmm. and then just you know all around our office here at the american family association there are different ones i was in radio uh teddy james and jordan were both in the journal Mm -hmm. writing and uh we had others from all different departments yeah Uh, i think that was the strength of it too and it was from all over the place yeah every every department came together a little bit and we just started discussing this and it was like what like over a year of discussions and planning before there's engaged you know like it didn't just it didn't just pop out and all of a sudden like we it was (laughs) a lot of planning (laughs) no there was a lot of there was a lot of work that went on right yeah the, the foundation was was uh longly built Yes, yes so. exactly. So I mean, and but still, man. I mean, it's what you what you guys have today uh, is is really really good and really encouraging. Yeah. Well, we couldn't have been, done it without you, and it's definitely a team effort. I mean, Cedra's doing a great job, kind of keeping us all together. She's the glue of the group, kind of. So, <laughs> so I know how hard your job is. Cedra. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much love. Yeah. So we wanted to have you on today, TJ, because you wrote two articles in our latest biannual magazine. Yep. Mm-hmm. And great articles, by the way. And if you haven't found our magazine, go to engagementmagazine.net and click the link at the top that says magazine. You can fill out all the information there and subscribe to it, and you will get it. It it's is a, yeah. super easy. If you yes. have any questions mm-hmm. about that, you can email engagefaq at afa.net. Yeah. And the theme of the magazine that we really wanted to, to put together was um, is eternity and, and the idea of living in the timeless kingdom of God. And so every article that was written for this magazine in particular um, was written with that in mind. So in every topic that's discussed, 
um, there was always an attempt to connect that with the idea of this is not just a one-time kind of thing that we're doing, like a chore on the chore list for God, but this is how we are to live as citizens of heaven. And TJ, you're, you, the two articles that you wrote, this is what we're going to be discussing. Um, one was how, how to find your purpose or what your purpose even is. And that's and, a big one. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one, especially for the, one, the, the people who we hopefully are listening, our audience. Um, and the second one that you wrote was uh, family worship. And I know a lot of people might be like, family worship, how does that fit into like being a citizen of the, the, the mm-hmm. eternal kingdom of God? And how, how does that connect? Well, we'll get to that. But first, let's just real quick, let's discuss that first uh, article. Yeah. Um, now, this is a question that a lot of people struggle with, especially young yeah. people, young Christians. Like, what, what am I even supposed to do with my life? <laughs> right. And, you know, the thing is, that is such a big question. Mm-hmm. And, and in Frank, okay, so when you watch, uh, you know, anything on, on television, mm-hmm. uh, from the Hallmark to, to, you know, even really high-end uh, films and shows, that's a question that people typically struggle with. But by the end of the film, they know. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they're supposed to be doing, and they <laughs> do it and because that's the story of the protagonist. Yeah. That's never been a, a, a real actual story that I've ever seen mm-hmm. played out in life. It's always been, okay, I did this, and then I did this, and then maybe a couple of years later, I did this. Right. Uh, when I was here at AFA, my I intended to just simply die here. You know, that was yeah. always my goal. <laughs> uh, and even in right. my little bio here, it says, you know, when I was in first grade, I told my, my parents and my teachers I was going to be a writer. Mm-hmm. It's all I've ever wanted to do, and, and now... Um, uh, you know, you've taken over Engage. I have other responsibilities, mm-hmm. and writing has actually become a very small part of what I do. Mm-hmm. I still tell story. Mm-hmm. Um, I still relay uh, story and, and facts and information, but this time, but I'm doing it through film instead right. of yeah. through writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, which is a, a completely different it's absolutely discipline. Different. <laughs> I would never be able to do that. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, um, when you're trying to say. What is my purpose? Mm-hmm. I think that question, I think it's the wrong place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the wrong place to start, but you're asking the wrong question. Right. You're not asking what is my purpose. You're asking what is a job I'm not going to be bored with in 5, 10, <laughs> 15, 30 years. Yeah. That question mm-hmm. is utterly impossible to answer mm-hmm. uh, because you don't know who you're going to be in 30 years. Right. So uh, the question, what is my purpose, for that, we need to go to the one who made us, mm-hmm. who not only made us, but made our purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and okay, God, what is my purpose? Well, I think that the framers of the Westminster Confession uh, answered the question really well when they said, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man mm-hmm. is to glorify yeah. God and enjoy him forever. Right. <laughs> I mean, when, you, when that is your goal, right. then your job, mm-hmm. your family, who you're supposed to marry, how many kids do you have? What car do you drive? All of those things, when it comes under that reality that my purpose mm. is to enjoy God and glorify Him forever, all those things yeah. take a proper well, place. Yeah. And you, and you find that like people think that there's like this special, miraculous place for you that there's nowhere else. If you're anywhere else, so they, they, you find yourselves being miserable where you're at. Because you're like, I can't, I'm not, I don't think I'm fulfilling God's purpose here because I can't, because he didn't reach down and point and go, this is where you're (laughs) supposed to be. And I'm like, I think God, you know, needs the people, everyday people and every job. He needs them to also be fulfilling his purpose where Mm -hmm. they're at. Mm -hmm. You can do that wherever. Yeah. Uh, And I think sometimes God, like when you were, you whenever you had your job change, whenever this opportunity arose, I think you had a lot of praying probably oh, to absolutely. do. <laughs> like, I think mm-hmm. it was like a huge step. 
And so it's not to say that God doesn't direct us down a specific path, Mm -hmm. but just because you're not on the mission field at the moment, you are on the mission field, whether you believe it or not, but just because you are not in full-time ministry and you work in a normal everyday job, that's, that's your mission field. Use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, the thing that, um, kind of one of the places where this came from is we tend to look at purpose as this big uh, nebulous thing, mm. right? Where it's like, I my purpose needs to be huge. Well, what if your purpose is fixing the car of a single mom? Mm. Is that purpose not big enough for you? Yeah. I mean, you might go home with dirty hands and that is the purpose for mm. which God has called you. Good. Are you to say that that is somehow beneath you or, is it, or that that any purpose that God gives a human being is small. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, we don't have the liberty to say that. Right. And I, I, lo- I love that there, there's a there's some parallels being made in this conversation that we're having now that we had in, I believe, the last episode with Hannah Harrison. Um, was the episode before that? Episode before last. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, she, she also wrote an article in our magazine. Mm-hmm. It was about uh, basically ambition. Are we free to dream? Are we free to have ambition as children of God? And in that conversation, we came to the conclusion that, yes, um, if you have desires, you're free to follow those desires as long as you're walking in obedience with God. Absolutely. And the same thing can be applied here, that your purpose is to obey. Your, pur- your, your purpose, we, 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 t- we tie the idea of a purpose so much to identity yep. as to like, what am I? What am I supposed to be? Like, what, and what do I, I want what to I be? what I do yeah. is who I am. Exactly. And that's not true. No, that's mm-hmm. not true. And, and I've struggled with that in the past. I've been like, I don't feel like I don't feel fulfilled at, in the moment. And I'm like, you know, what, what's that one thing that I can do, the one thing that I can be to make me finally happy? And I come to the conclusion over and over again, this is the theme of my life apparently, but over and over again, I come to the conclusion, I don't have to worry about that right now. Yeah. Because one day I'll die, I'll be raised again in a glorified body, and for all of eternity, I will be that thing. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> one of the things that, that I think is worth mentioning too, when we talk about, you know, you used the word earlier, uh, obedience, mm-hmm. right? So much of purpose does come from an understanding of obedience. Okay. There's a negative connotation there. Mm-hmm. We don't like to obey. Yeah, we want to be the we want to be our own <laughs> right. boss. Mm-hmm. But the the thing that we have to remember is if there's a if there's a fear, mm-hmm. if there's a a trepidation when it comes to obeying or to even trusting God with our purpose, the problem is not with our king. Mm-hmm. God is the only one who is truly good, who is truly wise, who is truly patient, uh, who is truly loving. And if you're going to trust your purpose to anything or anyone, why would you trust that to a person who's not perfectly kind? Right. Mm-hmm. Not perfectly mm-hmm. patient. And if you trust your purpose to yourself, you're doing just that. Right. You're choosing the lesser. Yeah. So when it comes to obedience, it is the best thing we can do. That's good. <laughs> That's real good. And I mean, it, absolutely, uh, obedience for the Christian is ultimately freedom. It is, yes. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and I think, particularly for a lost world, they'll hear that and say, you you want to you know, bow down to this God who has all these rules. Right now, in my, my quiet time, I'm reading through uh, Leviticus with a, a great commentary by a guy mm-hmm. named Philip Eveson. Um, but it's, it is the book of rules, mm-hmm. right? It is. <laughs> um, but the beauty of it is when you're reading the book of Leviticus, and the reason that I really wanted to go through it is because so many people, when they read through the Bible in a year, mm-hmm. Leviticus, is, Deuteronomy is typically where they stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leviticus is beautiful because it actually paints the picture of Christ. Mm-hmm. It says, look, these rules, that is impossible mm-hmm. for you to follow. Mm-hmm. 
Jesus did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These rules, these stipulations for the priest, mm-hmm. I mean, so many dis- yeah. descriptions of the priest and the exactness of, of the priestal uh, responsibilities pointed to Christ. They were right. shadows right. of the reality of mm-hmm. Christ. And it's beautiful. So when we see obedience in the way that you just mentioned as freedom, mm-hmm. um, it, it changes the way that we approach not not just our job Mm -hmm. because look you're gonna have days in your job where you were just like i'm done uh i can't do this anymore i am gonna go and push buggies at walmart (laughs) um i just don't care Mm -hmm. if your job is your identity you're gonna hit that wall and you have nowhere to go right if you if your purpose is obedience to christ Mm -hmm. is the glorification of god is walking close with your king if that is your goal that day is going to come, but you will cross that wall, not by your own strength, but by the grace and the mercy of Christ, mm-hmm. who will draw you beyond it. Because you're not drawn to a vocation, you're drawn to a king. Well, yeah. And, I mean, look, guys, if you're listening, please pick up the magazine or read the article, because uh, this is a great conversation to have. But um, I would love for you to bring this into your own home and share this with other people yeah. and, and the things that are being said now, like... That, uh, share that with others. I mean, we, we say all the time, share truth and apply yeah. scripture. And if yeah. you're just now tuning in, mm-hmm. the way to get this magazine is you go to engagemagazine.net, mm-hmm. click the tab at the top that says magazine, real simple. Yeah. Real simple, fill out, you know, no time at all, and then we'll get that magazine sent to you. Yeah. So, and uh, you can also find us there on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And then if you want to see our beautiful smiling faces, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch the <laughs> podcast rather than just listen to it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to turn the pages a little bit. Uh, TJ, you wrote another great article. and I Yeah, know we let you in here twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It would have been more if I was if I was going to, if I asked you to do that. I'm sure you would have been totally willing, but I didn't want to overload you. Yeah, so, so just get ready, for the, just get ready well, for the future. Yeah, get, re- get ready because it's coming. But um, anyway, so this is a topic that I know that you're, you're pretty passionate about. Is um, I mean, it ties into a lot of discipleship, a lot of evangelism even of your family, is the idea of having a family worship time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, growing up, I never really heard the term family worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't know yeah. what it was. And as I started, um, I was I actually talked about this in the article, but I was introduced to it by reading a book uh, by Vody Bauckham uh, called yeah. Family Shepherd. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, fantastic book, fantastic mm-hmm. book. If you really enjoy as a dad or as a mom, if you enjoy getting your teeth knocked in every once in a while, <laughs> go get that book. Uh, it is 100% Vody. It's, it's, you know, the way that he talks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and in it, he talk, he introduced me to family worship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's this long journey. I kind of describe it in the article. But family worship, I heard about it, but I had no idea what it was. Never seen it modeled. Uh, and so it was just, okay, guys, we're going to sit down and we're going to read the Bible together. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pray because that's all I know to do. Right. Uh, another book God brought into my life called Family Worship mm-hmm. uh, by Don Whitney. Uh, I think you went through this. Yeah, our church, went, our through church this. went through this book. Yeah. Uh, fantastic book. In fact, you know, I just remembered we had Don Whitney on the program when we were in the old studio. Did I don't we? know if you were on it. I it was Wesley been, and me. You may yeah. have been like a producer of it at the time. Yeah. But we had Don huh. Whitney. Uh, so go back way, yeah, way back. Yeah, you'll have to do some digging for this one. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even sure which episode this is. I, I, don't, I don't know either. That episode, <laughs> yeah. it was so good because Don talks about his daughter graduating. Mm-hmm. And, and they had the opportunity, the graduating seniors had an opportunity to tell their parents what's one thing that you're grateful to them for. Mm. And through tears, his daughter said, you led us in worship every day. Wow. The one thing yeah. 
yeah. that his daughter was grateful for. When she had all the other things, you know, that, that she could have pointed out to, she pointed to family worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hearing that, I said, okay, I, I, how do I do this? Right. What does this look like? Um, and it's very simple. Uh, Dawn breaks it down in such a great way. Pray, read, pray, and sing. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, that still wasn't quite enough. <laughs> um, and so in, in the job that I have now, mm-hmm. one of my responsibilities is helping to produce content. Mm-hmm. And it's typically in video content, but there, there's some writing involved. And there's a guy named Ryan Bush who has helped us to create a thing called a guide to family worship. Mm. It is it, it is by far, in my opinion, the, the best resource for family worship that I've ever seen. Mm. It's a 30-day repeatable program. Mm-hmm. All right, now I say program, don't, don't get, hear the negative connotation there. <laughs> but all it is, you'll, you'll start with reading a chapter of Scripture. Mm-hmm. So you just read through a book of the, uh, of the Bible, you know, chapter at a time. Yeah. And then you'll go down, and there's a catechism. And a catechism is just simply a, sh- a very short series of questions and answers that summarize the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And so in this particular one, it's uh, the catechism for boys and girls. Right. Uh, then there's a confession, which a confession is a very old document that's basically a very succinct writing and mm-hmm. description of the Christian faith. In this particular book, it's the 1689 uh, Second London Baptist Confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is a prayer that was written by, um, you know, we've got some guys like Lewis Bailey, Matthew Henry, Charles Spurgeon, um, guys like that. So prayers that they've written. And then lastly is a hymn. Right. Now, that is such a <clears throat> wonderful help for me personally because it takes all the, the weight of what do I talk to my kids about? It takes that off of my shoulders, and I know that they're getting true theology. Right. They're getting time-tested theology. These are things that have been worked over by believers for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're getting solid hymns, Right. Uh, which I love the hymns. And, and I think it's so funny that today we see a resurgence of hymns, mm-hmm. right, reworked, mm-hmm. but they're still the old hymns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even old prayers, you know, so... We all typically run into this thing where it's like, you know, okay, so now I'm sitting down to eat, so it's prayer number seven. Mm-hmm. And we just say that prayer over and over again. These prayers are so sweet. Mm-hmm. And the the description of Christ, I mean, the, the Jesus that they are speaking to, they know him so much more than I know him. Right. And, and those prayers reveal that truth mm. to me and d- make me desire to know him and speak to him that intimately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, mm. Yeah, it's a wonderful resource called A Guide to Family Worship. And if you're interested in family worship, I highly recommend it. Um, we're actually going to go film Ryan mm. teaching these things, and then he and I are going to have a conversation much like this yeah. um, in, in the videos. So. Oh, wow. That's that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking in the future, you know, one day when your kids are grown up and they are not under your roof anymore, I know it's it's a, it's a little ways away. So. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, it'll be here mm-hmm. and you'll be wondering, like, did I do everything I can? Well, you know, when your kids are out there in the world, these words that they read over and over and over again right. will be so ingrained in their brain. It doesn't matter what goes on. Those words will replay in their minds. And I think that's really important in keeping them on the correct path, yeah, you know? Yeah, definitely. And and I, I was privileged enough to grow up in a household where um, reading the Bible as a family was a 
was happened more than once a day usually because I, I was homeschooled and my mom really made an effort to she would read a chapter of proverbs every day because it has mm-hmm. 31 chapters so you can kind of fill a month out with that and so that would happen in the mornings and then the evenings dad was i mean 99 percent of the time we would have a family worship um mm-hmm. a time where he would he would in the most simplest ways he uh he would read the bible he would read a chapter or read a, a section mm-hmm. and then he would engage us with some simple questions and, yeah or or a lot of times i mean after a while we would just get kind of warmed up to the point where we would just hey raise our hands what does that mean or or even challenge some things if we were you know ordinary teenagers you know yeah. and um and dad would even when i got older and i was and i had been become a christian uh, he would put it in my hands and say okay now you lead the family in worship yeah and yeah. And so right now in my life, I have two babies. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. There's not a lot that I can do other than I pray with Andy, my son, before we go to bed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try to do that pretty faithfully. But all that that in in my past with what my mom and dad did for us as kids, that's really been preparing me for when, okay, my kids are ready to sit on the couch quietly let's read the Bible and, and the model that they set for me in that is already been beneficial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and the thing, so this is what, where we have to, um, be really careful to, there's not a command hmm. thou shall yeah. <laughs> lead your family and family <laughs> worship. But when we look throughout the entirety of scripture, how did Cain and Abel know to sacrifice? Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't say that God came and told them. Mm-hmm. God came and told Adam and Eve. They told their children. Now, with Cain, there were some issues, and we know yeah. about that. Yeah. But, I mean, you think about it. What did Noah do as soon as he walked out of the ark? He sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. When we look throughout all of the scriptures, how can you fulfill the scriptures right. to teach these things to your children mm-hmm. if you're not teaching these things to your children? <laughs> Well, I was having a conversation with Ryan, the guy who wrote um, A Guide to Family Worship, which uh, if you want, you can learn about that at themeansofgrace.org. Mm-hmm. But um, he and I were talking about it, and we were talking about family worship in the scene of the Passover. Mm. Okay, so imagine this. God comes and he tells your people after hundreds of years of captivity, okay, I'm, I'm bringing you out, mm-hmm. and I'm bringing you out tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here's what you have to do. You have to slaughter an animal, a lamb, and you have to put that blood across the doorpost. Because any household that does not have that blood, the, the angel of death is going to come in, the firstborn is going to die. Okay. If God tells you, doing this will protect your child, guess what you're going to do? Yeah. You're going to make sure that that doorpost, and not only is it applied once, you're going to go out and make sure it's still there. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. You're going to do it again out of love. Mm-hmm. When it comes to family worship, it's not a thing you do once. Mm-hmm. You come and you do it again. You're reapplying that blood. Mm-hmm. You're making sure that they are washed and they are covered in the word of God day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And it is almost like, and it, I know you, the analogy can fall apart. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be legalistic. But it's almost like a father who says, Nah, I don't need to put the blood on my doorpost. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. My right. kids will get it somewhere. Yeah, you know they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. God didn't give them the command to figure it out. Mm-hmm. God gave the command to moms and to dads to lead and to teach their children who God is mm. and how they should live in light of that. Right. Yes. Yeah. And 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 having a time of day um, 
where you gather together if you can um is a very simple way to do that probably one of the easier ways to do that honestly yeah look i got four kids yeah <laughs> nothing happens by happenstance at my house no you have to be perfect. except for messes <laughs> and things breaking yeah <laughs> those things happen all the time mm-hmm. but intentional mm-hmm. sitting down reading talking of god mm-hmm. those things they don't happen often just by happenstance yeah, yeah. And, and I think something that's important about the family worship time is you're creating this environment for your kids where they feel like they've been worshiping with you this whole time. They read the Bible with you. They pray with you. When questions arise about those things, and I think about my own dad. My dad uh, was my youth pastor, so lots of fun there. <laughs> and but, but that, So he was used to you know kids coming up and asking questions all the time. It translated at home, if I felt like I had a question about Scripture, me and my siblings, we always knew that we could talk to him or my mom at any yeah. point, and they would sit down and have a conversation with us. They would stop, and they'd take the time. And, mm. you know, and I think the, the whole idea of having a fam- family worship time every day just keeps putting it into your kids like, we do this together so you know where to come. When you mm. have your questions, you don't have to worry about who can I talk to? They know they can come to, uh, you know, to you or mom, you know. Yeah. Uh, just an experience that we had even even last night. Um, so my daughter, uh, she's eight years old, and she asked the question, um, okay, why did God leave the tree in the Garden of Eden that Adam and Eve could eat <laughs> and then sin? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. How do you start having this <laughs> conversation? And it was, a, it was it was a big question. And so we have these these long, it wasn't that long, but a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And and later my son comes up and I forget what the question was. Somebody asked a question and my six-year-old said, oh, no, don't you remember? We talked about that last week. And well, he answered go. for me. Yeah. yeah. So they do listen. And also one last thing, because I know we're running out of time. Yeah. One of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen, uh, and I get to see it, you know, typically after all the coronavirus stuff is over. We'll see it week after week is families worshiping together in church. And I hear so often that parents say, well, my kids can't sit in church. This is how you train them to do so. Yeah, absolutely. If they sit in family worship, guess what they're going to be able to do on Sunday. Yes. But if you tell them, look, churches worship is only reserved for Sunday. We don't do that throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, when Sunday comes, it's not important to them. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and, I think I can think too, doing this kind of thing, investing the word of God into your children will come back to you because I can think of times where, I mean, we did something as simple as teach Andy, Jesus loves me. Absolutely. And there was a moment where um, me and my wife were having this discussion and we were just kind of getting into this bog of like, or doubt or whatever about a situation. And Andy comes through that room singing, Jesus loves me. You know, he is weak, yeah. you know, he, he is, we are weak and he is strong. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> you know, like w- the little bit that we've invested in him so far has already come back to bless us. And I think that doing this simple thing, um, reading with and praying and singing with your children, or even if you don't have children with your wife or with your husband, um, this is a way for you to um, ob- to obey God in um, in leading your family, but also uh, to to really make sure and invest in yourself as far as your own walk with the Lord. So we want to encourage you to do that, and as always, we want to encourage you to share truth and apply Scripture. We'll see you next week.